September 20, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro Show.
for Pedro's show. Happy Tuesday. little makeup show. But not too late. Just, just a few days. Because I had sickness. It still hurt like a motherfucker. We started the show off with Buckeye, John Coltrane, and then Rush from Randy Randall. And his, I don't know if it's out already or it's upcoming. It's out. It's the magic of those Estonian engineers. Their Skype invention. I got Randy Randall. Where are you talking to me from, Randy? I'm up here in Sunland, California, just north of Glendale. Sunland. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, east part of the valley. There it is. Yeah, Tony Dill lived uh, Shadow Hills. Not, not too far. Yeah. So much different than the west part yeah. of the valley. So, look, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, man. Well, I um, I grew up out in Pomona, or right near Pomona, a little town called Walnut. Um, and I was born in 1981. I had two older brothers. My oldest brother, Sam Randall, uh, born in 68. And he was my musical hero. He skateboarded. He listened to punk rock. So I was just a, I was just a puppy dog you know, to, to him, whatever he had. So your earliest on. music memory is your brother listening to punk. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Now, now in this pad in uh, Walnut, was there musical instruments? Ooh, you know what? But Sam, Sam had a guitar. The, the, the same brother. Yep, same brother. The yep, other brother yep. will uh, remain unknown. No, Dave was a surfer. He was, he was a partier and a surfer. A he surfer in fucking Pomona. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. No, it was my dad. Well, my dad I'm was a sorry. surfer. We were, yeah, they all, he, my dad grew up in uh, Torrance. Torrance, yeah, okay. They, 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 they actually got beach there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he grew up there and then went to Vietnam and came back, married my mom. You know, he, my mom had two kids when he married her, and then they had me. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they, you know, so, made a little so life out there in the Inland Empire. Your brother would take the fucking California 91 all the way to fucking the beach, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was San O. San O Free was our spot. We were down there all the time. Oh, wait. That's way yeah, south. we'd go all the way down. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. way south. Actually, uh, if you go a little further south, right, there's Camp Pendleton, but then there's Oceanside. Mm -hmm. Oceanside's the big surf town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, me t let me ask you this. Were you at, at, uh, at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? No, no, I did a little bit of acting, you know, I did like the plays, you know, when I was a kid, I, I had, I had a bit of a ham bone, I, I liked being what? up on stage, but, uh, but I didn't know how to sing, I didn't know what to do with myself. Can I, can I ask you, what was the first record you bought with your own money? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going, you know, I, I'm a, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll out myself, you know, I think it was, it must've been something like the Simpsons sing the blues or something you know what i mean i've sort of probably probably being real kid i'll be real honest you know as a kid you know about fourth grade about nine or ten years old and probably bought a simpsons record what was the first gig you went and saw Ooh, that's a great question that because i had these older brothers um i was able to you know to kind of under their wing and, and they take me you know my parents give permission because the brothers are going to watch after me so i saw first concert was a rock for choice uh big benefit concert at the palladium with a uh, free kitten and uh, King Missile, SST, or uh, uh, no, no, uh, STP. I bet you L7. Pilots. L7. Uh, was L7 there? Maybe. That might have been it, right? You know, they were always organizing those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think, you know, must have been White Zombie was, was who I was interested in. I had, uh, I'd, you know, I'd caught them and the kind of the groove metal thing. Now, let me, uh, monsters and everything. Randy, let me ask you this. Yeah. I know, know you as a guitar player. How did you get on the fucking mm -hmm. guitar? So that was the thing. Yeah. So my brother, Sam, you know, he, I, I cite him as a big influence in my life. He passed away when I was 12 years old 
and I inherited a lot of his records, a lot of his T-shirts, you know, and his guitar. And so kind of dealing not or not dealing with grief, you know, our, our family kind of all, all dealt with it in their own way. Everybody lost somebody different. You know, I lost my hero. My mom lost her son. You know, my brother lost his his little brother, you know. And so sure. we all lost somebody different. So we didn't really know how to talk about it. But I got a guitar out of it. <laughs> so that was me. Well, let and me my, ask I you this. Equated my guitar. Yeah. When, when you still had your brother, Sam, uh, and he was playing guitar, right? How was he? Was he mm-hmm. self-taught or did he take lessons? I think he might have taken a lesson or two, you know, kind of the Mary Had a Little Lamb sort of stuff. And he, he wasn't going for it. So he was, uh, he was, I think he was just putting records on and trying to jam along with well, them. Well, let me ask you this. Did he let you jump on it and show you shit? You know, it, it was it was touchy. I think I would kind of hang out in the room while he played. You know, I didn't really get to touch it no, necessarily, which is okay, so funny so now. When he, yeah. we, we lost him and then yeah. you get the guitar, did you get an amp with it? Um. Yes. Yeah. Lab series. One of those. Mode, I remember those uh, labs. Combos, you know yeah. who liked yeah, those labs? I, I think I still was, have it. I think <laughs> yeah. B, I think BB King was into those amps. Yep. Exactly. Oh, you know yeah. about that? Yeah. 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 Lab five. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, great. I still have them. Okay. So you got the guitar. You got the amp. You never really got on it, but now you want to play it in honor of your brother, right? Yep. Okay. So what do you do? Do you take lessons? Do you uh, try to figure out songs off a of record? What happens? Yeah, so I, you know, it was the time of, you know, guitar player magazines, you know, you go to the grocery store and they'll, you know, sure. have tablature, you know, and so I would do that. I would, I would try well, to learn I think, some stuff. I think they had a that. sister publication called Bass Player Magazine. And I that got, sounds about right. Yeah. I, I got on two of the covers. <laughs> Those are great. I, mean, I oh, would have never imagined that as a teenager. Right. But, but anyway, so... Yeah, in the back of the magazine, they had like little columns, right? Mm-hmm. And dudes teaching you shit. Ed Freeland was in the bass player ones. So that's how you learn from the back of the guitar player. Yeah, yeah, just doing that. And I would just, you know, and just kind of sit with it. I wasn't I wasn't too concerned about, about um, you know, being great at it at first. It was, I think it was a kind of cathartic sort of grief process, too. So I'd just sit with the guitar and just strum one string for a few hours and kind yeah, of cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just had, okay. I was having a moment there. You know, it was, it's a, okay. it was a, a, a way to connect me, you know. It's okay with so, what? Just, uh, let me ask you yeah. this. You know, not after school like graduation, but after school in the afternoon, did you do the garage mm-hmm. band, basement band, bedroom band? Yep, yep. I got into all of that stuff. Yeah, so we did a little bit in the garage and then eventually got a, a Tascam, uh, you know, uh, a 424 Porta Studio, you know, one of those little um, four Tell tracks. Tell me about those first jams. For my birthday. Were they at your pad? There's probably at the drummer's pad, was, right? There was, yeah, we, had, we met at another buddy who, you know, we were into similar kind of music and he played bass and we went over to this drummer's house. He knew this girl who was a drummer. So we'd go over to her house and, uh, you know, it's, everything kind of sounds like the Batman theme, right? No, 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 no. Or, you know, I'll go over and change you, it. Now, the next song, do, 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 do. Yeah, but you were trying to write your own stuff. You were trying to write your own stuff, though. That's heads yeah, and exactly. shoulders over me and D Boom when we're trying to copy Blue Oyster <laughs> Colton Creed. Because uh, that's what people did in the seventies. But so you guys were, even though it sounds a little derivative of Batman, it's still your own stuff. Did this band we're have trying. a name? That we called it uh, Chew Toys. And nothing, you know, did only lasted about four practices. But we thought that was a name. Oh, so you it. never did a gig? Never, not with that band. No, I really didn't get a chance to play gigs till I, I uh, moved out to uh, to Hollywood. And I fell in with um, with some friends who who were into playing, you know, this kind of music like power violence, like the Locust, and this kind of real fast thrashy stuff. I didn't know about that. 
that these guys uh, were San Diego, right? Yeah, I think San we Diego lost, band. We, we, uh, we lost the drummer man, Gabe. Gabe. He was good. Gabe, oh god, he was amazing. What happened to him? He wasn't that old. I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know the whole story. I got to play was, with him a couple times in some project. Somebody involved me with uh, guys from the city, and I remember playing mm. with him in San Diego. Yeah, they used to wear like yeah. uh, masks too and shit. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was just they were just it was just thrash. I, I didn't understand it, but these these guys I fell in with, they you know said, "Hey, you want to?" I actually jumped on bass. They said, "Hey, do you want to play bass in our band?" Really? Cool. And they taught me. And they kind of teach me the songs. So this was a uh, this was like a Squire, you know, P bass, sure, sure, you know, sort of thing. And uh, and it was belonged to the guitar player, and he he had uh, spray painted it, or maybe I spray painted it yellow. Okay. And, uh, and and the song mostly consisted of just kind of move your fingers up and down on the neck as fast as you can for thirty seconds. Well, you were talking, you know what? You were talking about two toys being kind of uh, <laughs> riff oriented, like Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, that, mm-hmm. you were that, that's kind of a head start on the bass, right? There's not a lot of chords on the bass. Right, yeah, single notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Interesting, interesting. So yeah. what was this band called? So this band was called The Count. And what did The Count go past four pracs? Uh, yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, we probably only did three practices and five shows. Okay, wow. <laughs> we were, we you did more gigs than you did pracs. <laughs> that's what i liked about these guys they were they were, i was aching to get out of the bedroom i, I had two tra- tra- boxes full of four track cassettes and i wanted to i was making myself you know but i wanted to get out and play i didn't care what the music was or what the scene was i was just anxious to and, go and play me, live. these are four tracks so you, you're you're uh, sound on sound right a little less yeah ball. exactly mary ford okay tell me about the first count gig um this was, was at headline records on melrose um, we, uh, we were, it was an in-store. I don't know why. I think we made three or four bands were playing in there. And, um, and yeah. The, the, and you're the, on the yellow bass. You're on the yellow yep. squire. And, and would you consider the gig a success? I think so. I think so. It was, it was again, it was kind of cathartic. I think I used music a lot as, you know, we didn't really have therapists, you know, <laughs> so much of those in those days. So the music to me was kind of just a way of. Did just, you write any of the material or is it all these uh, other kids? No, I, I was joining, I was, I was joining somebody else's sure, kid, sure, sure. somebody else's thing. I was filling in for, I was probably the third or fourth bass player for this band. Let's, let's play uh, some Randy Randall stuff. I'm going to play Begin. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you.
sitting at this typewriter, typewriting. Let me tell you what's real, man. Everything is great. We're all very happy for you. Whoa.
lot for Pedro show. Start off that chunk of music with Randy Randall with Begin, which was appropriate since we're talking about his beginnings. Mold yeah. Owen from Baltimore with Devil's Fullback. XV, Shut Up, I'm Bald. Afternoon Freak. This is a project I did with uh, Danny Franco, Matt Mattel, third one. And it's a trippy one because I wrote all the material. Uh, we traded files in the situation. No Put There Instead. And then Isolation. <laughs> During that situation, yeah, Randy Randall. So, okay, three practice. Oh, Mike, can I jump in for one second? Great, I want to let great. you know too. But because of my older brother passing, a lot of his older friends kind of took me on, and they would give me records, you know, because they, they knew I liked music. And so, one of the early tapes I had was a uh, Firehose Mister Machinery Operator, and I had to, I didn't have any context for for, for yourself or, or for yeah for Ed. I didn't understand. No, that's what the title. What that's what the title is. He is the machinery operator. Oh, I got it. I yeah. never understood. He was the producer. Mr. Machinery operator. Yeah, he's the producer, see? And wow. like we're in his little vice, right? The little pipe in the vice. Yes, yes. No one ever got my uh, double meanings. Anyway. <laughs> I love that record. I just, this is what I wanted to You know what? There's a song. There's early influence. I can't really talk a, about my, my influences without citing you. There's a yeah, song on there. Things. There's a song on there that Edward wrote that Jay Maskus does a bitchin' bass solo on. Fuzz bass Ooh. solo. It's called Blaze. Of course, Georgie, yes. Georgie called it Glaze. <laughs> thought I was a donut tried to glaze me, right? Okay, oh. let's get back. Now, you yeah. say the count lasts only three pracks and five gigs. Yeah. Why'd you leave? The um, the the guitar player got grounded and he couldn't uh, he couldn't practice or play shows anymore. The guitar the rest of us were just barely out of high school and the guitar player was still in high school. And I was feeling myself. I was living on my own or, you know, living with one of my, old, my brother's friends and off of Melrose at that point and going to college. And I just felt like I was, you know, a little too mature to be in a band with somebody who, who, whose mom could, could cancel practice. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling it. So I took the drummer aside and I said, hey, why don't you and I do something else? Why don't you know, why don't we start something? And we met this guy. Um, we were he had known he knew this guy, Dean Spunt. Ah, so, yeah, so the count, this next project actually has two members of the count. Uh, exactly. Yep, me and the and the drummer. We came from the count into this band that we called Wives but with you, uh, with Dean Spunt. But and then he becomes uh, yeah the the no age singing drummer, drummer for yeah. No Age. Yeah. But 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 okay. So this band, uh, but this is one you put together. This isn't one you you join, right? Exactly. Right. It was the first time I really said, "Hey, kind of took the took the bull by the reins." Well, oh, well, you were also doing Man Alone with the four track. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But this is your first ensemble, The Wives. Tell me about mm -hmm. the first Wives gig. Ooh, um, first Wives gig. We played we played at a place called Arts in Action. It was down uh, kind of in the uh, Pico Union area. Or no, not in MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park area. It was like a drop-in center, kind of an anarchist you know, sort of community center. And uh, we turned all the lights off and we had headlamps on and, and kind of did something similar to The Count. It was kind of a freak out. Have you ever heard that. of the Elks Lodge uh, riot thing with the cops and all that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that's the neighborhood. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, right because MacArthur, MacArthur Park. Park's pretty big, right? And so. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, I've spent a lot of time in that in that neighborhood and, and you know, commuting from school. Right. I ride my bike from West Hollywood down into downtown. And so how'd the gig go? Was yeah. it you consider a success? I think so. I think so. You know, we felt we felt exhilarated and, you know, we're running on, on you know, adrenaline and not knowing anything and ignorance, you know. Tell me about the material. 
Um, so that stuff was uh, we we were looking we were kind of looking at, at you know a touch and go you know sort of stuff similar you know like some Jesus Lizard type of vibes. But you're not covering them. You're doing your own thing. Not covered. No, it was kind of drawing inspiration. I think from a little bit of that and also from the uh, Providence, Rhode Island scene that was sort of happening of lightning bolts and black dice. When I think that, of uh, when I think of uh, Jesus Lizard, I'm always thinking about the birthday party. Oh yeah. Did you know about them? I didn't at that time. I knew Nick Cave a little bit, but no. But that's, I think that's a great. That's, I got great to see parallel, him at the Roxy. You know? I got and and they had Tracy Pugh on the bass and uh, Mr. Mm. Uh, Sims, David Sims. Reminds yeah, me a little bit. Very good bass, but both guys very good bass players. So, uh, um, did you do most of the writing, or was it collab? It- so what we figured out is I would write something with the drummer and then Dean would write something with the drummer. So Dean and I never really wrote together. You mean together, Dean wasn't which... Oh, yeah, because you got the drummer from the count. So what was Dean right. playing? So Dean was playing bass and, and guitar. Yeah, he played bass for a little bit. We would switch off. You know, some, some songs I'd play bass on, some songs he'd play bass on. And then some songs he'd put the bass down and I would have to play the guitar for both things. You know, I'd try to figure out that whole routine that I ended up, you know, getting more into with, with the no age stuff. And do the wives, do the wives morph into no age? So that, so that, so that drummer, uh, original drummer from the count, we kicked him out somewhere on tour for being inappropriate. And, you know, we we didn't know it was called me too, you know, at that, at that time, we just knew this guy fucking sucked. Abusive. Yeah, exactly. We put him on a Greyhound bus from Austin and said, you know, we never want to see you again. And then we uh, we continued on with another drummer. We found another drummer in Austin. And uh, oh, you had to learn the shit, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did one gig in Houston where we just kind of free jazzed it out, just kind of free, just jammed it. Yeah. And then and then uh, we stayed with our friends Deer Hunter in Atlanta the next day. Ah, we practiced. Great. We had about you know six hours of practice in their in their spot. Okay. When when, and then when that, that band, drummer then, leaves, yeah, uh, you're, you're a trio now, and you're still called the Wives. But does it change? It does, because then when Dean and I start talking, we realize, wait a second, like, do you even like the song anymore? He's like, oh, I just wrote this with the drummer. He was more the drummer's idea. And so once that guy's out of there, we figured, yeah. like, oh, well, like, why don't... So we, we eventually, this tour goes, you know, took us across uh, uh, most of America, and then and we got into Europe kind of um, without a plan. You know, we had some shows booked, but we were playing in just very stressful situations. I told you, like, why don't we just break up this band live? Like, who cares? The drum's not even here anymore. You, don't, you and I don't even like these songs. So let's, let's end this band, and then we can start something new, something fresh where you and I write together. And that's where No Age was now, born. Now, does Dean know drums before this? No, so he he had a girlfriend uh, Jennifer who was in a band called Mika Miko, and uh, they lost a drummer, and he he kind of sat in, you know, just teaching himself how to play it, and so I think his he wanted to, was an extension of that. He wanted to, to to continue learning, so we started No Wage with him, really just not knowing what he was doing. That that's that's you know, but that's that's the spirit of the movement, you know. That's yeah. I, I never will think punk as a style. It's more of an attitude, like "fuck it, I'm gonna learn this." <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know the old joke: "Why does a dog lick his balls?" Why? Because he can. <laughs> exactly. I think and, I think we we ran on that energy for a long time. What? Why are we doing this? Because we can't. Can you remember no, the first No Age song that you guys wrote? Ooh, I think so. I think so. It was on our earliest uh, EPs. Um, oh fuck! I can't think of the name of it right right offhand, but I could, yeah. But yeah, no, we were. It was you know we had a we had a, a type of vision where we thought we were kind of mixing the Ramones and My Bloody Valentine, 
which at the time sounded kind of novel and no one had really done that. It was, you know, we wanted to do more than that. We also had a love for squeeze. We sort of look, discovered look, them. The big you, question, the big question from what though is why does it, why yeah. is this band a two for what, what, what about the, right. the, the bass, the poor lonely kick drum? <laughs> more room I know the we, um, the, the, we, we, we jammed with our friend Dave Scott Stone, who had played bass in the Melvins and Slug and Unwound a little bit. He, um, he was kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades, sort of sitting in the Brian Eno position at some points, being a noise guy, sometimes being a bass guy. And um, I think what we found, it, wasn't, it had more to do with the, the personal friendship and politic of it than the sonic sort of character. I think what with Dean and I found that we got along well together as a two-piece. And once we had that third element in it, then it becomes, uh, becomes uh, factions. You know, it becomes, it becomes a political situation where, oh, me and the drummer are doing – because we we'd experienced that already. We'd been a three-piece. Okay. So we found ourselves balancing each other out. Just the, our two personalities no, worked. No, as soon it makes sense. Third it person, makes, it got, it it got weird. Sense. And so we I figured – tell you, you know, it's the end of the yeah. first hour, September oh. 20, 2022. This what Peter so special guest Randy Randall. Hold tight for hour two. September 20, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Watt for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Randy Randall with rest. Then Euphoric Attempts, brand new fragments of yesterday. Emily Robb, live at Friendship Speedwell. Randy Randall with the cross. Fine. Tell me about this Randy Randall record. Yeah, so this is my second solo record. I um I conceived of this project as you know doing these solo ambient records. I, I needed something to to write about or sort of, you know or, or, or frame these types of ex- experiments on guitar with these really kind of minimal guitar pieces. So the first one I did I uh, called it Soundfield Volume One, and it was a uh, a soundtrack to the Ten Freeway. Started by started it uh, in Palm Springs. You know, from a Southern California Inland Empire perspective, that was you know the kind of. Do you know about the I ten? You know, Santa Monica to Jacksonville Beach. <laughs> wow, where's Jacksonville Beach? Florida. In Florida, wow. That freeway, it's called the Christopher Columbus Intercontinental Highway because it goes all the way across. There's a little bypass in New Orleans at Slidell. You could take I twelve, but you could stay on the I ten the whole way. Wow. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. So it's no, no, that was. I, I, Yep. So yeah, if we if we could have if we could have gone, you know, if we could have done that, we would have. But we we're shooting it, you know, we're shooting a film. I basically wanted to make a film so I could make a soundtrack for it. So we started filming stuff in in uh, in Palm Palm Springs at sunrise. Then we did the suburbs of West Covina in the and the morning time downtown L.A. where it crosses over down through Hollenbeck Park. And then, uh, and then, and then, did the uh, the end, the sunset at the beach, and so that was kind of our movement. So, so uh, what you're talking about is you made the images first, and then they made sound to go to them, or the other way around. Kind of doing it at the same time, doing it at the same time. I, we were shooting it, and and I would record stuff as we we're shooting it, and we put it together, and kind of. I worked with the, my good friend Aaron Farley as a filmmaker, and you know, we kind of collaborated on this these ideas. So the second one is I called don't, Volume. I don't know the first Sorry. one, so is it mainly? Guitar? It's very similar. Oh, so they're synthesizers. It's no, it's all guitar. I don't think there's any okay, synthesizers. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Remember the Wizard of Oz, Frank Morgan? Yeah. Pay no attention yeah. to that man behind the curtain. He was the yeah. dude behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so I, did, I don't know. Sure. It's interesting. You use boxes? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I used, uh, you know, this kind of this pedal board. It's mostly just delays with a volume pedal. You know, you put a volume, you you take away the attack from the guitar and just leave the resonant swell. Right. And you put that put that into a, a delayed uh, series of delays if you can, and then and you get stereo, you know, panning going on, and it becomes this. It can become, you know, it can layer it almost like a church organ, you know, or something very kind of. You ever use an ebo? Uh, I have. I didn't find it. I didn't really find it for me. I was enjoying this, these other kinds of. You know what, Brian May, uh, Brian Day, up in the city, made mm-hmm. me uh, uh, one for bass. Oh, and I used it with uh, some stuff by Al Margolis, and for, yeah, just as, uh, a few months ago. It's the first time ever I tried. Wow, it. how was it? What did you think of it? They're trippy, man. They, it's a different way of playing. But what, what uh, made me think of it is when you said swells. Yeah, okay. yeah, you can kind of bring on the note. Right, right, of, right. It, it's and this not weird a kind of vibration, or... uh, weird kind of feedback too, a resonance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's trippy. Trippy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, really interested in, the, in those types of sounds and and uh, yeah. And so these these records. So this next one, I you know I was trying to think of what it was the soundtrack we would do. And my friend Andrea uh, Dominic, she's a she was a writer at the LA Times, 
and she's also now KCRW. And when the whole shutdown happened in, in March of uh, 2020, she she was observing her neighborhood of Los Feliz that, you know, things were quiet or people were quiet, but the birds were coming alive, that the rest of nature was sort of coming alive. So she approached Aaron Farley, my partner in this thing and myself, and we, uh, she said, we, you know, we should document the city. What does L.A. look like now in this in this weird window? We thought, you know, it's only going to last a month or two. Nobody had any idea what the coronavirus would, you know, would do to the world at that point. And so we sort of went out. We went out with our cameras and field recordings and started just kind of documenting the quietness. But, that, but, uh, but in a way, uh, the first one informs the second one. It's just mm, a different area, just a different area, a little more west, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this one we were, we thought about, we were kind of documenting time. Like, so this record volume 2020 starts in January and ends in December, looking at that year of 2020 and how that sort of affected us and what my personal journey, my emotional journey of going through that year was. That's what I wanted to be able to put down on a, on, in music. I was doing uh, five guests a week for 14 months. And almost 300 people on music's wow. a lifeline, man. Look, wow. there's also a new No Age album. Let's play mm-hmm. fruit, fruit Bat Blunder.
chunk of music start off brand new no wage wonder if it's brand new because there were some dates on the track she gave me that seemed like it was a little while ago <laughs> fruit bad blunder and then then the band before blue oyster cult i thought you'd dig this soft white underbelly with a different bass player and lead singer bonomo's turkish taffy i think uh richard Meltzer wrote the words electric sessions and demos epalu tattoo with EPS after that, or EPS. I don't know, it might be an acronym. Diane Marie Klola, Ozero, Ozero, David Gerard, Darkened Slumbers, and finally, No Age, Plastic, You Want It. So tell me about this No Age album. What number yeah. is it? Oh, geez. Uh, we're, let's play seven overall. Yeah, that's our third one for Drag City. They're a great label now, in Chicago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Watson did Red Crayola stuff with uh, mm. Leo Thompson. Yeah, the uh, missing man guitars. Uh, you know, Dean plays some. Now he plays some synths, right? No. Yeah, no. This record we got synthy. This record. Okay, uh, okay, we, okay. We, we okay. Threw what? Little, yeah, what we threw the right. <laughs> Yeah, this record. Yeah, those solo records is just kind of guitar stuff happening. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this No Age record, we threw everything in the kitchen sink at it. We were just really having fun. This was our first record where we didn't work at, inside a studio with any producers, engineers, mixers. This was just uh, Dean and myself just kind of feeling our oats a little bit, <laughs> Feel, enjoying enjoying the process of like, you know, because of the pandemic. Well, what was the process? Trading files? No. So we, you know, he lives out here in Studio City, so we're not too far from each other. Yeah. I mean, we had the studio downtown, and our friends that owned the building uh, uh, kicked everyone out shortly after the lockdowns happened. So we moved into my house up here in Sunland, 
And um, and so we had about six hours of material that started. We started downtown and then brought it all here. And then I was kind of going through and just culling it. And, we, you know, we did we've done a lot of sampling in the past, creating loops and using ourself as as material that we could, you know, cannibalize and take snippets of sound from things we had done and turn them into something different. Yeah, and sure, that's a lot sure. of what this record was made out of. It was, you know, we took those original sessions you, you and then built your, on them and uh, rewrote. You become your own samples. Exactly. Yeah, we find that's the easiest no, way. You don't have to worry about clearance or anything. You know, you're, no, you no, know the sources. I, I did a project like that, too, with a guy in England named Sam Duke called Cuz. And it was that same joke about the dog in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not become your own samples? Why take them off? I mean, you might like them because they sound good, but why not become your, like you're saying, six hours of jams, there's going to be some diamonds in the rough, right? Yeah, yeah. And you take, you know, I could take 30 seconds of Dean just messing around in between songs and they're okay, there's the intro. There's, you know, those 10 seconds over there, that's the verse. We're going to flip that one around. That's going to be our little bridge, chorus, boom, repeat three times. And you got a three and a half minute song. You know, and I could write over that, like just take little drum snippets. And I've gotten fairly proficient with the Pro Tools way of, you know, just kind of using it as a tape machine where we just lay it out and cut it all together. And sure, lay sure. It out and I could play along to it. So there's uh, there's some songs on the record like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, for example, Foot Bat Blender. How'd that, how'd that <laughs> yeah. tune come apart? Oh, man. I got to think, we, uh, uh, I got to find that, which, uh, the, that one. I, oh, that one, that was me playing guitar. And Dean had this kind of like uh, oscillation sort of sound. So I said, you know, we were looking at it and I was showing him some of this ambient guitar stuff I was doing. And he had a little bit of, you know, I think that was called a, a spunt topping, you know, just put a little topping of something, some, some noise over there. So I laid that one over it. And that's sort of where that became. Oh, you mean like a little ornament, like a. You were the Christmas tree, and he put on the right, 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 or something, you know, like or, or you know, uh, yeah. stovetop stuffing. You know, he'll just sprinkle a little bit on top. Oh, but you know, some, that's some, a, when some I'm thinking stovetop stuffing. I'm thinking more like filler, and it don't sound right. Like filler. Oh yeah, filler. Yeah, no. What's what am I thinking of? Uh, topping, like whip topping. There we go. Miracle right, whip. Yeah, yeah. Just put a little, little dollop on top. That's more uh, what I'm uh, thinking uh, of. Uh, top. Accessorized <laughs> accoutrements or something. Exactly. Like when a lady exactly. wears uh, um, uh, jewelry. There you go. There you go. Bobbles. Yeah, that's kind of what we added to that. I want to tell you, though, Mike, too, sorry, I keep going backwards in time. I know you have a timeline you're running here, but I, I have to I have to officially, you know, uh, personally um, you acknowledge. Save it for the third, you got to save it for the third hour. Cause uh, I'll save it for the third. Okay, okay. Give here me the time. Go. Give me the time. People, okay. September 20, 2022 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, Randy Randall. Hold tight for hour three. September 20, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Pedro Show start off the third hour with No Age doing Tripped Out Before Scott and Tallinn with Cruising the Music, Cruising the Mystic Hole. Get together one. SLW and Bob Bucko Jr. out of Iowa with Piss Out and finally No Age with Violence. So I cut you off last hour, so continue, please. Okay, yes, yeah. So I, I want to acknowledge officially, you know, you, you're, you've been a huge influence on me and my musical journey and really my outlook on, on, on music, you know, and I, and, and, and as well as a lot of what you channel from Deep Boone, like we say, you know, punk is what you make it, start your own band. I think those messages uh, went directly into my brain, but I, uh, I first saw you at Lollapalooza on the side stage with the, uh, the UFO, uh, the flying saucer attack. No, it was band. called 
the crew of the flying well, saucer. Mike Watt and the crew of the flying saucer had Nels Klein. There it is. Right? And I'll tell you yes, about that yes. gig, man. Somebody gave me sunscreen and it yes. to my eyes and hurt me so bad. <laughs> yes. You signed uh you signed, I think, Ball Hog and Tugboat. Ball Hog or Tugboat for me there or is, or was it a poster you signed something for me and you were complaining of it and i remember that moment very clearly you were wiping the eyes you know, i bought the brown shirt i was i was i was mesmerized of all that night you know you you really stood out obviously but that uh big blue but the next time I were, right i played that? that big blue thunderbird mm-hmm. i think so the, the next time I saw you, though, was at the smell in North Hollywood. I saw that, you know, looking at the LA Times Jim. calendar section in the back. You, you were, it said, you know, Mike Watt playing solo, someplace called the smell. I'd never been to the smell, never heard of the smell. But it was in the LA Times calendar section, you know, and I read that. You know, growing up in the Inland Empire, you had to hunt for things. I didn't know what was cool. I knew, you know, I just knew it was on the radio and MTV. And I was discovering, you know, there's more going on. And so I went to went to the smell for the first time to see you solo. And you had a you had like a, a Hawaiian shirt, but it had like chili peppers on it. Like uh, not the not the band, but like no, the actual, actual peppers. Chili peppers. <laughs> yeah, chili peppers. And uh, and you played and you played solo. You're on. It was there was no stage. You know, that's what it was up on. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. At Lancashire. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and after the gig, you were, you were gracious enough to kind of stand out in the, in the parking lot for a couple of minutes. And there's some people jabbering at you. And I just kind of stood around and, oh, my eyes, you play, or, you know, gave some kind of teenage sort of nervousness. But you were so cool that really, I think it solidified. I saw it not only in words, but in action that, you know, you could do this. And I think that the, the mess, I like, I turned to my buddy. I was like, we could play this place. This is the smell. This is, I don't know what, I think our band could work here. And it still took me a few years. Cause, and he was like, no, no, he was too nervous to, oh. to, to want to do anything. So it took a few more musical projects for me to get out of the bedroom and finally play and finally play the smell, which was worth pale place really. I love Jim. He's a great where, cat. Where, great cat. So great cat. enlighten me about tripped out before Scott. What's that mean? Yes. So that was uh, so that we we have a front house engineer Scott Cornish who's gone on to be a luminary in that world of touring the road dogs, um, but he still is gracious enough to help us out. You know when we need help, you know with, with prof- trying to sound professional. And like I said, this record we did all ourselves, but we did ask Scott to come in and kind of give us notes. Like, is, is there anything in here that's gonna, you know, are we doing anything terribly wrong? And he gave some kind of mixed notes on the record, and that song was the working title was just called "Tripped Out," and then. And then Scott gave us some notes and I made some I made some changes for it. I did a mix that kind of addressed his notes and what he thought. And then Dean and I were trying to pick out the songs. We wanted the versions of the songs to go on the record. And we liked the one before. So we had we you know, we had this there was the before Scott and the after Scott okay. notes. And so this one was that this one was the before. Some evolution. Some evolution. Yeah. I we wanna, went back up. I wanna play slow motion shadow. <laughs> Again, 
You're not my kind of people. I think that's yeah. the Buddy Rich. That's I it. could yeah. be sitting in sitting on my ass in Palm Springs and not having to meet your payroll. <laughs> then, then it's fuck all of you. You're not my kind yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. People, there's this, you can find it on YouTube.com. It's the Buddy Rich bus tapes. It's very oh. inspiring. He knew, knew how to motivate a band. <laughs> anyway, that last music for this edition, Slow Motion Shadow from No Age. Then Sarah Davachi from her new record, Icon Studies Number Two, great guitarist out of Italy. And then Rock Kalam, Bob Moses, Damon Smith duo with Invisible Bell. And finally, Compact Flashes, No Age. Compact Flashes. Yeah, there's some bass in there. Yeah. At least some lower, some lower frequency vibrations. Flash, when I was a kid, meant to puke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay but then you know bobby dylan had that song that freedom flashing right oh yeah so it don't have to be puking okay that was just slang for its, <laughs> for its i think day. this was a i think compact flash was also a form of a of a, a data storage the old uh flash cards oh yeah Maybe. that's right I think that's what dean's talking about with that title no moving parts yeah also it was a dean dream yeah, yeah. So yeah, Dean's yeah, Dean's the, the main lyricist, and he comes up with a lot of names for things. Uh, sometimes we'll discuss them, or we'll write them down, and you know, I'll have some ideas for some names. Does he carry a little notebook that he can draw he's, from, or does he write on demand? 
No, he stuff. I think he's got some stuff prepared. You know, when when we're in the you know the writing mode, I think he'll start he'll start preparing some stuff and bring it in. And so you write music to the words, or does he put those words on top of music? No, mostly, yeah, the, the words come after. Mostly, yeah, we start with the music, and he'll find a kind of cadence and kind of find a space for it. And obviously, the titles come after that, even. Exactly, yeah, well, the title's the last thing. Yeah. I always ask that question, because I have to start with the title, or I have no focus. Oop. Where can people wow. find you on the internet? Yeah, so we're on uh, we're on Instagram, uh, No Age LA. We're on Facebook. No, the same thing. That was Merch. Do, do, do you guys have your own oh. website? Oh, the uh, website. We don't have a website. No. Okay. Because we we it's like City. having it's like having your own fanzine. You could staple up your flyers on those yeah, corporate well, telephone poles, but to have your own website. Well, I have one, randyrandall.com. Okay, I, I did, well, that's I, I, good. I, I held that one down. Yeah, if you're looking for all things Randy Randall. Okay, people, R-A-N-D-Y-R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. Go there. Yeah. It's got info on both solo albums, right? Yep, yep. Probably links videos to, to go with it. And probably uh, links to No Age. L- let me ask you, where did the name No Age come from? So it was a SST instrumental uh, compilation. That, oh, uh, yeah. That was, came out, I guess, around 88, 89, maybe. Yeah, gone. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think Lee Ronaldo had a piece on there. Yep, yep. And uh, we've met Wild Man Don Lewis, who shot the uh, the cover art for that several years later. So, uh, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a compilation that we thought was was cool, you know, in the sense of that we were fans of SST. Sure. And, and the bands on that. But then we liked that this was a weirder, you know, this is SST getting instrumental and kind of getting weird, a little arty. But you know, in, in a way, do you remember we a Black Flag with. record called "The Process of Weed"? Now, oh yeah, that was their instrumental record, right? Right, right, the first one. And then I think, uh, yeah, kind of, they had a spoken word word one with Henry. Right, family, right. Man well, it's, it's the other side of Family Man, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like Greg got one side and Henry got another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That that was pretty balls out, and Greg got got it more into instrumental music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I I have a strange question to ask, Mike. Greg. With with Greg, did he? I have a feeling that, that he wrote all these songs, you know, '84, and then sprinkled them on the records that came after. Like almost like like he had something. Like there was a deadline he was trying to pick or something. He knew when Black Flag would be over, and he kept the band and kind of ran it in, like a machine into the ground. Well, and gone, then gone. Knew when it was done, it was done. Well, you know, Gone ended up. Yeah. Oh, you know, the last Black Flag tours, they were the opening band. It was the double double duty. He was yeah. doing the opening <laughs> on the thing. Yeah, well, and he didn't want to deal with the politics of the local bands and stuff like that. And so you just bring your own. Same with the PA, you bring your own stuff. In fact, Dave yeah. Ratt, Sunland guy, right? Sun Valley. Oh, yeah. I don't know, 30 semis. They started with one rented. Uh, uh, but I don't know what. Ro- but that comes Rollins? from that comes from the dead, also, right? I mean, that's what the Grateful Dead were doing. They bring the wall of sound out with them. Yeah, but it wasn't a wall of sound yet. But if right, you opened right. for Black Flag, you were going to schlep that PA in and out. <laughs> that was part of the uh, de- dealio. But yeah, here's the thing: Greg would jam hours every day, almost like a John Coltrane thing. So I bet mm. you he had licks up the Yang. Yeah. So that's where that stuff got popular. But there was those maybe, earlier kind maybe. of riffs that would get, but you know, was, kind of they did long ass pracs. Yeah. Long, long pracs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably still does that. He loves jamming. Yeah. He got into bass too. Or Dale Nixon. That's right. On my <laughs> war, right? Yeah. Do you ever play guitar, Mike? Uh, well, there's some minutes, like History Lesson Part 2. I wrote okay. on the guitar, but maybe, what, 5%? Strings are too fucking little. 
I, I, I'll tell you one record where I did all the guitar. Well, I didn't play it on the record, but I wrote all the tunes on guitar, and that's my third opera, Hyphenated mm. Man. And I used D. Boone's, one of his Telecasters. Because I, oh, I wanted the bass to come second. And uh, and I, Tom Switch Watson did order. such a good job of, uh, you know, figuring out my palsy-ass shit. I, I can't really hold a pick. and uh, But, you know, it's interesting. But you know the chords. You know the progressions. You know where you want to go and the timing. Yeah, but it's still hard. The strings are so fucking little. Uh, what What's the next plan? You got a tour? Yeah, we're going to leave for tour on uh, October 11th. We're going up from Chicago to the Midwest to the East Coast. Going to come back for a, a – we're playing a festival here in L.A. on uh, October 28th. Now, we'll now West at randyrandall.com, there's info about this tour? Um, that's a good question. No, I think you've, you've got to go to Drag City and find us all there. That's where, they're, they're the home for no age. On the okay, internet. okay, maybe you put a link on that randyrandall.com that goes to that's, that site. Never yeah. mention, you know, because like you, I said, it's like having your own uh, fancy. It's been a big honor to have you aboard, Randy. When you got, oh my God. I know you love yeah. recording, you and Dean. So either the next solo or no age thing come around, will you come back on the show? I would love to, Mike. This has been this has been a huge honor, man. Like I say, you know, I can I can gush on and go on and on about you know the influence. I want to let you personally know. I want to personally thank you. And you know, Very the well. message the message you've been pumping out into the world has been received in this in this one musician's uh, uh, journey has very much been influenced and guided by your presence and just your existence. Not, not only your music, but just the, how you go about living life and, and touring and, and what you put out there, the energy you put out there is I want to let you know, personally acknowledge it's coming back through me. I'm giving it back to you. So I really appreciate it. People, it's been the September 20, 2022 edition. What Pedro show? Keep your powder dry.